All right, we're at Mark chapter 6 and verse 30. And we come to the very familiar event of the, called the feeding of the 5,000. And I want to notice the details of what happened here to accurately notice the situation that happened. And then from that, talk about maybe the purpose of Jesus' miracle here, what he was trying to accomplish and what the point of it is. If you remember, I said last time that uh, this was a transition time where Jesus began to, after the death of John the Baptist, he began to try to prepare to go to Jerusalem to be crucified. He began to prepare the disciples for that. And he begins to do that right here. And we'll notice that he'll have a hard time getting them alone to have time to do that. And this miracle comes out of that as the crowds follows, followed them and wouldn't leave them alone. And Jesus wound up doing this miracle out of the crowd following him as they're trying to get away. And this will actually go on for the next couple of chapters uh, where Jesus is constantly, they go from one place to the other place and they're trying to get away actually from the crowd and the crowds keep coming to them. Look at verse 30. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. Both the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them, because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks, in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about five thousand men. So we see here the context is that the, the apostles had been sent out two by two. And now they're returning and they're reporting all the news. They're telling Jesus all that they did, all that happened. And Jesus says... Come aside by yourselves and let's, get, let's, get, let's go to a deserted place. Let's get away from the crowds and let's get alone so we can talk. That's what Jesus is doing here. So they get into a boat there on the Sea of Galilee was a common place where they were. And they go to the other side and 
the crowd sees where they're going and they go on foot and get there before they arrive and they walk out of the boat and hear all the people are there. And Jesus is wanting to get them to rest and to, for him to talk, begin talking about going to the cross. But the people are there. And so Jesus then, it says, he's moved with compassion. He begins to teach them. And then when they need to eat, he does this miracle. So let's notice some details here on this. And then let's talk about the point, I think, of some of, of this. What we might draw from why Jesus did this and what he was trying to tell the disciples and teach them. And what he teaches us. First, notice that the miracle comes because Jesus spent all day teaching them first. The reason why they come to a time where he needs to do this miracle is because he first spends all day teaching them, and then it becomes very late, it says in verse 35, the hour's late, and they don't have time to go to nearby villages to get something to eat. Just take note, we're going to talk more about this in this, the second part, but just notice that's the dynamics going on here. And Jesus carried it out this way. And I think that was for a purpose. He taught them first, and then it came time for food, and Jesus wanted to arrange it that way. The, the second thing is, notice that Jesus could have made the food appear. He had that power, of course, but he chose to use what the disciples had, in a sense, what they could arrange. He said, you give them something to eat, and then he asked them, what do you have? And all they had was five loaves of bread and two fish. I just thought about how Mark doesn't record it here, but another gospel does, that they found a lad, a small lad who had these things, and that was all the food they could come up with. But Jesus chose to use what they had. He used the food, all the food they could gather. He used that then and multiplied it. I think that's an important point. And all they had was five loaves and two fish. A third thing that I want to bring out here, that this was a very large crowd. Notice that it says 5,000 men and another gospel, I didn't look up which one, but makes the point that it was 5,000 men besides women and children. So they were only counting the men as representatives of the family. So basically there was 5,000 men there uh, that probably majority of them had families. We don't know how many of families were there, but if you say half that might be reasonable. Say a half had their families with them. If at least a half had their families with them, then that is at least one wife. So that's 10,000 people. And then you're probably talking three, four, five plus children for each family. If you say five, then that gets to 2,000, 2,500. Say if you did half the families, 2,500 times five, then that's like 11,000, 12,000. So then you're up to 10 plus another 10 to 12, 22. 
this crowd was probably 20 to 25,000 people. In reality, because they just count the men, and we typically say, oh, feeding 5,000 men, it was much more than that. Maybe 25,000 people. That's a lot of people. That's a big crowd. That's a lot of food. And Jesus fed all of them. Even to the point of having leftovers of that kind of crowd. And don't miss the detail. I think there was a purpose in it that they took up 12 baskets full, the exact number of the 12 disciples. When he challenged them, you give them something to eat. And they're like, what can we do? We just got five loaves and two fish, all we come up with. And Jesus did his miracle and used what they had, did the miracle, and they had 12 baskets left over, a basket for each disciple. I think that was intended to speak to them about that. And so we see all these uh, details of how Jesus did this miracle. Then there's a question of how did he really do it? It says that in verse 41, he took, he took the five loaves and the two fish he prayed and he blessed it. There's just, at that point, there's an example from the Lord Jesus of praying before we eat. Giving thanks to the Lord, which I think really is, gonna, is the real key part of this miracle. And Jesus models this here to look to heaven, to look up to God, who's the giver of food, and to give thanks to him when we sit down to eat. Jesus did that. And that's why we do that today. And that's a very important thing to do. And fathers, that's part of our leadership, is that we, uh, we do that in our homes and say, this is what we're going to do first thing before we eat. You know, don't dive in yet. Don't touch that. Don't touch anything until we pray. And you bow your heads and you pray and you give thanks to God and pray a blessing on that food. This is what Jesus does here. And then when he does that... It says he broke the loaves. We had to break the loaves and give them to his disciples to set before them and then to divide the fish. And there was enough food for everybody, for those 25,000, 20, 25,000 people. And so it either, you know, we can only speculate, uh, but it's interesting to me to think, how did he, how did, what happened? How did he do that? And he was either, I think of, he was either while they were praying, while they were praying, it multiplied, and they, when they opened their eyes, there was like all this food there, you know, multiplied loaves and fish. There was just a lot that they could then go and pass out. Or it was that he began to break it and he'd give some to a disciple and he would go and begin to pass it out. And then he would keep breaking it and the bread would just never get used up. And it would just keep being there. And then there was more basket, another basket, another basket, and it just never stopped. And as I say that, that's really kind of how some miracles did happen in the Bible, particularly like, think of it with uh, Elijah, who came to the widow and was making one last meal, and he, he told her, you make a meal for me first, and then you make a meal for you and your son, and then their food never ran out after that while he was there. It just kept going. Maybe that's how he did it. Maybe um, he just kept, he had those five loaves, he's working the five loaves, he's breaking them, and he broke one, and then there was another loaf. It just never got used up. Maybe that's how it happened. But however it happened, there was a lot of food that began to multiply 
that they kept passing out, passing out, passing out, and everybody got enough and were filled. And then there was a basket then for each disciple to sit down and to eat. So that, that certainly was an amazing thing to witness. And that's what Jesus did here. Now let's talk about what was the point of this? What was Jesus trying to teach them? And I think first we need to say that, that we can misunderstand this and that, that these people, many of these people who were there did misunderstand it. The point was more for the disciples and even they missed it. Later we'll see this in Mark where this situation comes up again and they didn't get the point and Jesus had to remind them and say, Don't, didn't you understand what happened when I fed the 5,000? And they didn't. They didn't fully get it and learn the lessons. But a lot of the people there really misunderstood it. We had this in the Gospel of John where after this, they began to follow Jesus every day for the purpose of getting another meal. They were just looking for another meal. Just saw Jesus as a free meal ticket, and that is not the point of this. And eventually he sent them, sent them away and said, you know, you've missed the point of why I did that and why I'm here before you. The real point of this miracle, I believe, was a spiritual lesson, not a physical meal. Although I think there's a part of it. But I think the real point was the spiritual aspect that Jesus was trying to teach, press upon the disciples here. Remember, they had just come back from traveling, going out on their first missionary journey, and he had told them initially about, don't take uh, money with you, don't take extra food, you just depend on me. And then they get back, and then this happens. And I think he's still trying to teach them the same lesson. And so, first, I think there is a lesson about the physical food in this way that Jesus taught them that God as the creator is the giver of our food. I think that's the first basic lesson. It wasn't the main lesson, but I think that's the first basic lesson we can take out of this. And that was a part of, the, of his doing the prayer before to say, look, this bread has come from God. He's the giver of food on the earth. And certainly he is. You know, he's made the plants that are the basis of our food and put seed in the ground and, and made it grow. And he's the creator of all the fruits and the, the, and the vegetables that we eat. And those plants are eaten by animals and some of those animals we eat. And that's our food supply. God is the giver of that food. And I think Jesus was teaching basically to these people and to disciples that as they came to the time of needing a meal, the hour had gotten late, it was time to eat, they needed to eat, and he taught them this lesson, and they couldn't go to the villages, they couldn't, didn't have enough, he taught them, God is the giver of your food. Now, at that point, we've got to be careful not to make mistake of the multitude and say, okay, God's going to do this every time, we just got to line up, you know, in the food line, and God will just put it on our plate. That's not the point. And they misunderstood that. And we don't need to misunderstand it. And I think some of the details we just went over are a part of that, that Jesus could have created it out of nothing, but he chose to use what they had first to see what they could come up with first. And they came up with five loaves and two fish, and he worked through them 
as a part of the lesson to say, you've got your part to do here. You, you're a tool, and you've got to work, and you've got to do some things, but ultimately, it's your Heavenly Father that gives you your food. And I think that was the lesson to the disciples, that they were doing the work of the ministry, and when they came time for a meal, and they couldn't provide it any other way, and their backs got against the wall, Jesus did this miracle to show them that the ultimate source of physical food is God. And we are to look to Him to provide for our needs. And, and that's basically what we ought to do every time when we pray before our meal. That's the mentality we ought to be having. That's what we ought to be trying to renew in our mind and keep close to our minds is to say, well, we went and bought this food at the store and we fixed it. But the truth is God provides this. God's the ultimate provider of this food. And we return thanks to him as the ultimate provider. We don't take credit. We don't say, well, look what we've done. We give the ultimate credit to God. I don't think the point of this uh, miracle was that Jesus was going to give them, uh, for the disciples, in the sense of disciples, that he wasn't going to make food for them every time they needed it. But he wanted them to see that every meal they did have was ultimately from God because when their backs got against the wall, Jesus showed them, hey, I, can, I'm, I'm near, I multiply this food and I'm going to give it to you. It was to teach them later that as they had to work and provide for their food and, and they had to go times where they maybe didn't have money, didn't have food and went without, that they understood the ultimate provider was, of the food was God and they looked to him to provide for their needs. That, that didn't mean that they were always going to have a full course meal every time they sat down. Do you remember the words of the Apostle Paul in Blaise Philippians where he said that I have been hungry. I know how to be hungry. I know how to be full. He said, there's been times where I've been hungry. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he was saying, Jesus can help me to go without. Typically, that verse is totally twisted around to say, Jesus can just give me everything I want. He can do it all. He can you know, always do it for me. That's not what he's saying there. Paul was saying, Jesus can help me go without food. And there's been times where I had to do that. He said, I've learned how to be hungry. I've learned how to be full. I've learned how to be a base. I've learned how to be lifted up. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And there was times where the disciples went hungry. And there may be times where we go hungry. But the point is, in those times where we don't have, might not have what we need, we look to God for our provider. He's the one who's the ultimate provider of our food. And I think that was a point in this. And again, the multitude missed it. They thought he was going to provide this every time. And they began to follow him because of that. And they missed the point about that this was an emergency situation. And uh, Jesus even still used what they had and just multiplied it. So there's a lesson about physical food. But I think that the biggest point of this is a spiritual lesson. And that it comes in all of the events that happened here that brought about this need, that Jesus spent all day teaching the people the word of God first, and that created then the need for them to have, have to have this food at the late hour through this miracle. So notice, 
Jesus, when they come to him, he's the one that takes this action. And it says he's moved with compassion, verse 34, and begins to teach them many things. And the day was now far spent. Why was it far spent? Because Jesus took the time teaching them. He took time first to teach the word of God to them. And that created then a missing are not having then all their food because they didn't have time to go. He, he chose to teach instead of sending them out to go to the villages to go get food. And then that brought them to the place where they had this need. And then Jesus met that need in that moment. I believe the spiritual lesson that Jesus put together here that he meant to teach the disciples who wanted to teach the disciples and why he allowed the situation to develop like it was is that Jesus was showing them, yeah, the Heavenly Father is the source of your food, but more important than that, your Heavenly Father is the source of your spiritual food, the Word of God, and that's more important than your physical food. And you seek that first, because it's more important, you seek it first, and then you trust God with what you need physically. That's what plays out here. They come to him, and Jesus sits down and teaches them all day long. He preaches them the word of God, which is spiritual food, which is what God said in Deuteronomy, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He paralleled it, that the, that the word of God is spiritual food for our souls, and that that is our most important need, and that God's the source of that spiritual food. And in fact... If you want to study the, what happens after this, it's in John 6. Chapter 6 is when the crowd comes to him the next day after the feeding of 5,000, and they're wanting the next meal. They're saying, okay, what's on the menu today for breakfast, Jesus? You know, we really liked that last night. What's for breakfast today? And he was like, okay, let's talk. Uh, you missed the point here. I'm not going to make breakfast. I'm not going to make lunch. I'm not going to make dinner. Let's, he begins to tell to them, you're seeking the bread for next meal. He said, but what you really need to do, you need to seek the bread that comes from heaven. He said, the bread that comes from heaven, you eat it, and it will give you eternal life. And he said, I am the bread that's come down from heaven. And I just thought about this. Jesus right there, talking to the crowds the next day, he tells us the main point of this miracle. He explains it to the people. When they missed it, he explains to them the true message is that I did that to show you that the most important thing you ought to be seeking, because I took all day from you so you couldn't go get your own food, to teach you that the most important thing you needed was to receive the bread from heaven, the spiritual word of God, which is me and my truths. That's the most important thing you need in your life. And so I took all day to do it so you'd get that first. And then when you did that, you listened to me, then I took care of your physical needs because you needed to in that moment. And he was telling them, I am the bread from heaven. I am the son of God who's come to give you true life. And it's in spiritual food of my word and my truth, my gospel. And you're, you need to take that into your soul. And then you'll have eternal life. And then I'm also your source of physical food and you trust me and you, you seek first the kingdom of God and then I will provide for the physical things you need because your heavenly father is over it all. I believe that's what Jesus was putting together here. 
And I think it's the embodiment of that truth in Matthew 6, 33, that Jesus gave at the end of his Sermon on the Mount where he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Because the context of what he was teaching on was, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? And he said, the Gentiles seek all these things. He said, but you need to understand you have a heavenly father in heaven and he knows what you need. And then he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and he then will take care of all these other things. I think that's the truth that Jesus was pressing here upon the disciples first and then the crowd. This is the point that we should take from this. Not that, that Jesus is going to give us a, you know, a meal but that the most important priority is that we receive the spiritual food of God, the Word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we seek that first, and we receive that first, and then God is going to provide. He knows what we need physically, and He's going to provide for what we need through even our resources. Disciples came up with the five loaves. He put that into their hands. They then went and took it to the people. He used them at every step of the way to show them, I'm not going to just drop it in your lap, but you're going to be a part of this in the same way with us, with God's provision for us, is we're to go out and work and we are to do things, but God ultimately is the blesser of that and the provider of that. And he's faithful in that. But notice what Jesus taught in Matthew 6 and what I think he models here, he says it's after you seek spiritual things first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus first taught all day long and he skipped lunch and he went past dinner to teach them the most important thing you need is not a meal right now. It is to hear the word of God. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Deuteronomy 8, 3. That's what Jesus, I believe, was teaching here. And he taught them that by then saying, I will do a miracle and multiply bread before your eyes, physical bread, to show you that you need, most important thing is you need me as your spiritual bread. And that's what Jesus did here. He created this through his own actions of teaching all day long. And that was their greatest need. He said he looked upon them in compassion. They were like sheep without a shepherd. They needed to be guided in the things of life, the truly important things of life, the eternal things of life. And they needed to, they needed to come to understand those things. And that was more important than their physical food. And then when it did come time to eat, and they had no way of really providing it, Jesus did the miracle to show them his deity and his power, and he's over all of it. And so the spiritual lesson is the main point to go along with the physical lesson. And the two really go hand in hand. Because to really trust God with the physical and really be dependent on him and looking to him for what we need, it'll only come out of spiritually seeking his truth first in our life. Doing what he said in the Sermon on the Mount, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things are going to be added to you. Your clothing, your food, your shelter. And I will work through you and provide for you through your means 
of what that you'll have things that you need on the earth. I think that's what Jesus was trying to teach them here. And I think that we see evidence of this is later in the book of Mark that the topic of bread comes up again and Jesus is making a spiritual point where he says, beware of the bread or the leaven of the Pharisees. And they go, oh, it's because we haven't brought bread. He's telling them to talk to us about food preparation. And Jesus said, how do you not understand? I'm not talking to you about physical bread. Do you not remember the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000? We'll see that next. He said, don't you understand I'm talking about the leaven of the Pharisees, the teaching of the Pharisees? So the most important point here of Jesus is the spiritual bread of the Word of God that we need to take in to our lives. That Jesus is the author of. He's the Word of God. And He feeds our souls first and foremost. And then, as we follow Him, He then will know what we need and He will help us. He will guide us. He will work through our situation and He will give us the things that we need when we need them. I think that was a lesson for the disciples because they were going to be going out on their own after later and they needed this perspective that their greatest job was to go out and to do the work of the kingdom of God, to teach the, the word of God, to be his messengers. And as they did, they would be then looking to God and trust for their physical needs. I think that's what happened after the resurrection when Jesus appears to them. And it says, I believe it's in John, where it says, Peter said to the other disciples, I'm going fishing. And he's going back to his regular work. He's going back to provide for his own needs. And Jesus shows up to intercept him and say, no, 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 Peter. No, that's not my will for you. You're not going back. I didn't spend these last three years for you just to go back to being a fisherman and what you were doing. You're in a total new ballgame now. You are going to be my messenger and you're going to go out and you're going to feed my sheep. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And I'm going to take care of you then physically. Peter and the other disciples had to learn this lesson that God's calling on their life to seek the kingdom of God was first and foremost. And as they did that first, they had to do that first. God would take care of them physically. And this is true with us also. Same thing is true. On whatever level it is, you know, the apostles had the, that's the top calling. But the same principle is true for us. That we seek God's kingdom first. We seek his word first. We obey him first to be the people we need to be, his servants first. And then out of that, we look to him to say, Lord, meet the needs that I have. And that God is faithful, that he will work through our situation. If it's five loaves, if it's two fish, if it's whatever, he'll work through our situation. Not necessarily do a miracle every time, but he'll work through a situation to help us and to strengthen us and to guide us and to be the ultimate provider of what we need. And I think that's the point here, that we look to God as our source as our, of our provision for the things that he knows, he knows that we need. And so may we learn the lesson of the feeding of the 5,000 plus uh, women and children and learn this lesson when the needs come 
for us. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things, food, clothing, shelter, will be added unto you. All right, let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for your power that you demonstrated in this time to show us that you are the giver of all things. You're the giver of bread that we need for our bodies, but most importantly, you're the giver of truth, the teacher of the kingdom of God that we need most of all. And we need to be servants in your house most of all and to, to, to learn your word. Help us to, to live by your truth, to do what Deuteronomy 8.3 says, to live by the word of God. So let it be our food, let it be our, our guide and our authority. Help us to seek your kingdom first, and then we ask you to provide for our needs as we put our trust in you. We pray you provide what we need in the days ahead, whatever comes in our nation, whatever economic difficulties may come that seem to be on the horizon, whatever persecution might come, we look to you in our need and and, uh, remember the five loaves and two fish that you can provide what we need as we keep our eyes and our hearts on your kingdom and your authority over life. Thank you for your, your word through the book of Mark and guide us as we continue to look at it. Teach us the truths of your kingdom as you want us to know. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.